There we go. We're recording, dude. There you go. Number First one. First ever podcast. <laughs> so you're a real estate investor, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, where'd you say you, you live? Tell me again. Uh, I mean, I mean me Spokane, Washington. Spokane. So east okay. out of Washington state, basically like on the border with Idaho. Okay. Yeah. And Ryan's in, do you know where Ryan invests? Uh, I don't, I don't know actually. where they hold stuff okay. now. I mean, I mean, now he's moving from Florida to San Diego. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, when I first, cause I, I was in Ryan's group for a while. That's well, what I, guess I, I thought. I, I still technically am. I'm not incredibly okay. active in there, but that's how I got my start. Is that how you connected with, um, with oh, Paul. that's how you got your start. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how long have you been doing the real estate? Um, like as my full-time business since, since COVID. Um, okay. so I was doing real estate before that a little bit. Okay. Like I, you know, got into it in 2018 and just sort of yeah. dabbled for a few years. And then, um, I got laid off from the contracting gig I was doing it when COVID started. And so I went okay. to real estate full time at that point. Okay. Wow. That's a, it's like a crazy transition. Yeah. 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 To go. And I think when you do go full time though, it like makes it more real. Um, yeah. I mean, I was already pretty committed to it. So okay. if anything, I was kind of looking for an excuse to jump into it full time. Okay. And so COVID was the perfect yeah. thing to give, make, give me that excuse. But. Yeah, that's true. I wonder how many people COVID did that for. Probably a lot. I feel like a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Dude, have you tried port before? Yeah. Yeah. You Actually, have? I, well, okay. at the hotel, I've been saying so that. So this is, this is still cold, yeah. which is good. It's still um, cold in this hot room. Huh? It's still cold. It's been sitting in this hot room. Or do you just like? I don't. Yeah. No. Well, I. I. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. That would be. I brought it in to cool the room down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. I. Uh, I had it in my fridge at home. Okay. This is made in Lisbon. Yeah. It's really good. Nice. And it's. Uh, it's not port, but it's like port. Okay. So. It's like port. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't port have to come from Porto? Let's see if you like it. Okay. Yes, actually, I yeah. think that that is. It's like I think you're exactly right. It's like Champagne in the Champagne region of France. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah everyone has to make up their own name for it because like, oh, it's Prosecco or it's. Yeah. Uh, here it's Espimont. Okay. Is the Champagne. Yeah. Yeah. So give this a try. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Yep. It's delicious. Isn't That's that really good, good, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Super good. And I did get you a bottle of port in case. Oh. So this is for you. Well, thank you very yep. much. Yeah, I figured uh, you have to have a bottle. I don't know if you have room in your suitcase. If not, just give it to a homeless guy on the <laughs> before you leave, <laughs> or somebody in the airport. Yeah, I right. like, you know, have this bottle yeah, of what I don't no, know what to do with. I'm, I'm traveling with some people, so it'll probably be gone for the end of the weekend. So. Oh yeah, How ma- who are you traveling with? I'm with a group actually. Oh okay. So yeah, so this this trip that we're doing around, well, I'm doing around Portugal. It's kind of random. My my wife and I when we we travel, most because we're like a we're slightly introverted. And, okay. and so it's hard for us to just like go out and like meet random people. And just like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. As some people do. And then B, both being super busy because we have businesses and stuff. Planning out a trip takes so much work. Um, so we do these, you know, just like organized groups, which are for like under 35s. And you can just like. Oh, sh- you organize the group. No, I don't organize. It. I just show oh. up. Oh, you just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My man. Yeah, exactly. And I, don't think show about, up. I don't think about anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I just fly to Lisbon and then I go to the place and then okay. we travel. So. Hell yeah. Where do you find these groups? You just like look. On- I mean, I'm sure there's tons of them. Yeah. So the group we work with is what we've traveled with a lot. It's called Kentucky. Okay. Um, they've been around a long time. How often are they doing trips? Like, like at, all the time. And you don't have kids? No. It's like a no kids allowed type of thing. Yeah. You don't have kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, it's usually people. I would say, I don't know, between 25 and 35 that have, you know, careers and, but they also okay. like to party and 
remote locations. Right? Hell yeah. And they want to travel with That's other people. Fun. So yeah. how, how, how many people is the group? Uh, so this is going to be, tw- uh, I think it's 22 people. Wow. Um, That's significant. So, yeah. Well, Are they, you guys doing a lot of stuff with them? And yeah. So, yeah. so I meet up with them. Uh, I've been by myself for like the past week. Okay. Um, cause my wife is doing a different trip through Kentucky with her sister. Oh. Um, so they want to do like this sister trip. So they're in Scandinavia right now. And I had FOMO. So I was like, well, I'm going to come over to Europe too. Yeah. And I'm just going to come do this. Okay. Oh, so you're just on your own channel. Yeah. I'm just on my own. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. That's fun too though. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But Scandinavia is cool. Yeah. Or I think it's cool. I've heard that. I have not been there. Yeah. I was in Vikings. I was in Copenhagen for, I don't know, three days before I came over here to Lisbon. Really? And uh, Copenhagen was rad. I really liked Copenhagen. I've never been to Copenhagen either. I'd recommend it. So what's like the, what's like the list of where you've been? Uh, do you, do you know, or is it long? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of long. So, I mean, it's not like crazy, crazy. Okay. Maybe. Let's do this. What's your, what's like your top three favorites? Do you think that's tough? That's a, that's a harder question. That's hard. It's easier. That's to hard. Say. I can list them, but I <laughs> yeah. can't choose my favorites. And there's, there's different things for different reasons, right? Yeah. That's um, so true. So, that's so been much, my experience. Yeah. So yeah. much of it is circumstantial and then like yeah. who you're with. Um, yeah, like, that's true too. The context of it. Yeah. Or like why you're there. Cause you're traveling with like, you're, you're, your stepmom or something or yeah, your right. sister or yeah. now my stepmom's gonna watch this be like i can't believe he said that yeah, i just right. thought of that right now <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's totally context of like who you're traveling with too it's yeah. not just the place yeah and, and then also just like the general experience so you know, we went to um egypt back in 2021 okay and it's funny like, egypt has a bad rap just because it's dirty and it's very third world okay. and it's super busy we went there two weeks after they opened um from covid so we were out like the pyramids with no people Wow. Which was insane, right? And I don't think we realized, you know, and our, our guide that we were with kept saying, like, I wish you guys could understand how special this is, that you're here with nobody. That's crazy. Um, and so, like, all we went all around the country and, like, there was no tourists wow. at all. Because you went insane. during COVID? No. So, the, the country had been open for, like, two weeks. Um, okay. So, no one had started going back there yet. Okay. And so, the only people that we ran into that were tourists, we did this um, <laughs> this boat cruise up the Nile on this okay. huge ship. And um, so, our group was, I think, 16 people. And there was 25 total people on the boat. Um, so, like, there was this other group of these, like, Portuguese. Okay. So, um, there's, like, this. Oh, they were Portuguese. They were Portuguese, oh, yeah. Shit. Okay. And so, they were, they were traveling on their own. And then there was, like, a couple older, like, Russian couples. And that was it. Okay. Um, on this massive boat. Wow. And those were like the only tourists that we really saw the entire time. It was wild. Dude, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I really like, want to go to Egypt. Yeah. Like, th- I think, are the pyramids like just... They're they're pretty amazing. Pretty mind-boggling. Yeah. Is yeah. it one of the like coolest things you've ever th- seen, you think? Like, yeah. does it fit in there with... I would say for like man-made structures, for sure. Um, okay. I mean, it's, you know, the, some of the, the natural stuff that you can see out there is pretty crazy, but yeah. the pyramids are awesome. What's the natural, I mean, the desert, I guess, right? Uh, the like Sahara Desert is, 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 crazy. is crazy. It's like an ocean of sand. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at pictures, I'm like, this is wild. Yeah. The yeah. Sahara Desert there is pretty wild. Um, okay. I, I'd say I, we went to Namibia last year. Okay. Which is down south. Um, and uh, he's like slowly. He's slow. <laughs> Come on in, Tiago. You got it? Okay. Look, oh, we brought us our own little, uh, our own little pitcher. Awesome. Just right here, dude. Is filling anywhere. Yep. Sick. Thanks, bro. What? That's great. Yeah, no, it's fine. okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's only for a second. Nobody know. Nobody has to know. Now they're gonna be like, "Who's that guy?" Perfect. Yeah. Who's that guy? Obrigado. Thanks, Thank you. Yeah. Obrigado. Yeah. You go taste it. Go pour yourself some. Oh, it's too early for me. 
It's yeah, I know. <laughs> we're we're crazy people. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, yeah, bro. Thank you. Here you go. I got awesome. you. Yeah, thanks. So um, wake us the fuck up. But uh, yeah, traveling around Namibia. We went there last year. We did this big circuit around Southern Africa. And Namibia is like where they filmed like Mad Max or they film like all, okay. a lot of those movies that I've have like the insane, I've never seen Mad Max. Yeah. So that, it's like just these insane like red dunes, um, which are Whoa. so stunning. And the thing that's really that's crazy about the area too is what how makes the, it red, the iron uh, you know, in the sand or I, actually, something? Actually, I'm not sure. Cause I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a geologist, bro. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Iron is red. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing I know of in nature that makes stuff red. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a good, good guess. Cause I guess, guess when the European countries started going there, um, the natural resources are what they're after. And what, and what they would do is they would have like all their slaves that they would just like make crawl through the sand and they would like find diamonds just like in the sand. What? Yeah. It's insane. Um, this and, is what they told you. This, or it's, this, or it's this, real. No, this I know real. it's not like yeah. it's not like some rumor. Yeah. It's like it's like Joe yeah. the Egyptian is like, yeah, yeah, dude. No. That's crazy. They would so they would find I had no idea. It, so I imagine you can still find I doubt they found them all. Oh, I'm sure that there's tons of them out there. Like, do you think there's like are there like people exploiting that? Like oh, miners chi- and like chi- people Chinese, being like, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, they, man. They, they've How many do they, I know? They've built the whole infrastructure. Every like so so you go all through there. What China's done is they've sent like all their prisoners over to like build the roads and the electrical system. And they're basically like, hey, Namibia, you were like kind of a third world country. We'll make you kind of a badass country. Yeah. But now you have to give us all your resources in like the next 50 years. And they're like, yeah, sure. That sounds like a way easier way to increase because then you're, you're going through it. And it's like like all the diamonds and like. Yeah. OK. Yeah. But whatever like, else is there. You're going through this, you know country that only became a country in like the 90s okay when it separated from south africa and okay it's like amazing pristine highways like really, really yeah like like the one of the areas um swakup month that's right on the edge of okay. the uh the desert it's like cannon beach oregon but in namibia but like it's like if, if cannon beach was on the edge of the Sahara desert <laughs> wow it's it's freaking crazy and they like have these snow plows that they go and they like clear all the sand because like the sand all just like blows in and they just okay. like clear it out and they make it this like beach resort town really it's wild yeah dude that's crazy and they have like breweries and like restaurants and like a pier downtown district dude. it's it's pretty insane it's not what you would expect at all egypt is on the list man yeah that sounds amazing i'm gonna go yeah. hunt for some but, diamonds yeah so that's in the maybe that's not in egypt that's in namibia yeah yeah is it- Oh, dude, I'm gonna look like an idiot here, but where the where the hell is Namibia? Namibia is down Namibia. South. Yeah, so I don't even know how to say it. Yeah, so it's basically um, just north of South Got Africa. That U.S. Yeah. geography education. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. So where's that? Say it again. So it's on. If you go to South Africa, it's on okay. the west coast, like just directly north. Okay. So it was a part okay. of South Africa until like the '90s. So why why South Africa? Like like I feel like most people who travel, mm-hmm. pro- I mean, I, I feel like most people wouldn't be like south africa yeah what was the what was the just was there a specific draw or just like adventure let's go i mean adventure we went to do safari and then um yeah the safari is big yeah that's true yeah Yeah. and then like when you know as you travel more yeah western cultures are cool like you know very start wanting to see different stuff yeah have you done asia we haven't okay so that's another one like japan yeah so we're doing japan for two and a half weeks in november Oh, sweet. Um, and then we're, then we're going to uh, Southeast Asia for a month next year. Okay. 
So cool. Oh, Southeast yeah. Asia. Yeah. So like okay. in Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Oh, cool. With that okay. was like 35 days, I think. Man. So, yeah. Sweet. So you're able to travel and yeah. so like, how's this work with your business? So it is, so let's get clear on like your business stuff. Yeah. So for the real estate, is it, you have a business partner, right? Yeah. I think yeah. he's the guy on the podcast. What's yeah. his name? Dan. Dan Austin. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you guys have been working together since the beginning? Uh, since yeah, basically 2019. Um, so yeah, so I guess my, my backstory, I, um, went to school, got an engineering degree, um, was an electrical engineer for five years and I, and I hated it. So I quit in 2018 just to like try and figure myself out. Okay. And then I spent like the next couple of years just, you know, doing whatever. Like I, I worked in a gym and I drove for Uber as like my main that forms of income. Yeah. Um, and just sort of like hustled it out. And yeah. Then I got into real estate just because it showed up in every single it's wealth and yeah. business book. Right. Yeah. I was just watching uh, a video today with Barbara, the shark tank lady. Yeah. Barbara Corcoran. Uh-huh. And she was, she was saying in this interview, like real estate is like far and away the most like proven path to get wealthy. Yeah. And it's not really that hard. It's really not. That's I mean, what's wild, right? It's, it's such an established Because everyone, industry. like if I went to my buddies and said, like, dude, you just got to invest in real estate. They'd be like, oh, man, it's so hard. I need a ton of money. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone thinks it's so hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. like you, you know, it's such an established industry that there's people in place to make deals happen. I mean, mm. there's like, it's so easy to get loans for it. It's so easy to find people to like work on properties. So find, so easy to find people to manage properties. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say it's easy. It's possible. Like okay. they're already there. It's not like you need to like yeah, yeah. invent something. Like it's simple, not yeah, easy it's necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So go back to your backstory. So you're working yeah. and yeah. You, so, yeah. yeah. So I, I quit and then I, um, you know, through 2018, I was just most working in the gym, driving for Uber. And then I, um, started getting into real estate, I initially just focused on passive income. That's what everyone's focused on yeah. when they, you know, sort of like for sure, go everyone, down that road. Everyone's like, I just want money coming in. Yeah. Of, like who wouldn't? Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I had a pretty decent like corporate 401k okay. that I'd saved up from my time as an engineer. So I, I liquidated that and I bought a couple of rental properties, um, which I didn't even know like how to analyze. Okay. So I was like, oh, really? Yeah, wow. I, was, I was like, oh, this will be, you know, more to be 1200. I'll be able to rent them for 1600. I'll make, you know, $400. Okay. So you're month. just like total ballpark, total like ballpark. random no ass numbers. You're like, yeah, that looks nice. That doesn't like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah pretty much. You I know, love and, it. and I knew yeah. how to like figure out a mortgage payment, stuff like that. But sure, I didn't understand that you had to account for like vacancy and yeah. management and like all the other okay. stuff. Okay. Um, so I bought these two properties which were across the street from each other. So okay. this is 2018. Where'd you, was that just, uh, where'd the money come from? For, for my 401k that I liquidated. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I shot, I, uh, I couldn't get a bank loan, um, okay. because of, uh, not having a W2 job. So okay. I had to, um, go and get this, uh, like commercial loan that I mm-hmm. set up as like a business entity with a local okay. credit union. Yeah. Um, so like okay. a slightly different loan, but okay. that's another thing too. People talk about how if you're an entrepreneur, you can't get real estate loans. You just have to do it a different way. Cause you don't have a W2. I didn't, have a See, w- I didn't two. even know that. Yeah. 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 So if you don't have a W2, it's hard, you know, it's harder, yeah. we should say to get a normal bank loan yeah, for like, like an investment property. Yeah. Or, or like okay. any property, like a Fannie Freddie Or even like loan. if you want a house. Yeah. If you just want to buy a house. I, I've, okay. in, in the hundreds of properties I've bought over the past few years, the only mortgage that's caused me problems is when me and my wife bought our own new house a couple of years ago because I didn't have a W2. 
Wow, because you had you were going like the traditional route. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're trying to buy it as like an owner occupied mortgage. Okay, and because I didn't have a W two, and my I didn't have like two years of business experience with like high earnings. Mm -hmm. They like wouldn't count all of it. They like basically summed it together. And my 2021 was very good. Okay, 2022 we were like figuring it out, right? Yep. Um, and so that was the only mortgage I've had issues with over the, wow. all the properties. Even though you're like this real estate investor. Even though I had enough and money you probably to... probably had... Like how many properties have you purchased before you had bought this house? For that one? Yeah. It was like, pro- probably like 60 or 70. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny. And they're like making this big deal yeah. of it. And I had it's enough like, cash in the bank to buy the house outright if I wanted to. <laughs> but I was trying to get a 2.5% two, giving... mortgage, you know? Unbelievable. Oh, is that why they were giving you a hard time? Because you were trying to get a specific... No, I was just trying to get a loan on it. And, okay. Yeah. Wow. And they just didn't want to give it to you? Yeah. What the hell? Even though you have the cash to like... That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's just it's such a weird system. But okay. when, you're, when you're doing it with investment it properties, it, it's a lot easier. Okay. Um, you just have to you know, know those options exist or most people don't, they like call up yep. Wells Fargo or whatever. And okay. like, I'm going to buy this rental property. Okay. Um, but that's not what you're really the best way to go. Okay. So what, so what is the, I mean, I know there's like private money. Yeah. That's like a common one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, let me ask you, so I was watching this, um, I was watching one of your reels or TikToks or something. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was like a person saying, uh, you can become a millionaire in two years, like becoming a real estate or uh, was it? Yeah. Millionaire in two years, mm-hmm. maybe becoming a real estate investor. You remember this? Yeah. And then like you came on and you're like, actually it is possible. And you said, you know, like if you buy a home for 400,000, that's worth 500,000, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have a hundred thousand dollars in equity, like, like that. Right. And yeah. then obviously appreciation is going to increase that and stuff. So you do that, you know, theoretically do that 10 times and then mm-hmm. you're a millionaire. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> like You did right. it. Um, so there's the finding deals part of that, but there's also like, like, how do you come up with that money though? Like the, like, I think another question people obviously would have is like, okay, but where do I get the $400,000 I need mm-hmm. to buy the home or the loan or whatever? Right. Yeah. 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 So I guess, so that's, that's where, that's the biggest piece that I had to sort of figure out. I feel like that's one of the, mm-hmm. one of the pieces, right? Cause like when yeah. people think about real estate, like, the big one is like money. Like, yeah. where does that money come from? And then there's all the technical stuff of like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to run your comps wrong. You don't want to um, overestimate or underestimate and all this stuff. But yeah. the, where the money comes from, to me, like, that's certainly for me. When I think about real estate investing, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to get the money. Yeah. You know? right. Like, all this, if I want to like scale and do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it, it's all about leverage and like learning how to add value so that you can mm. reuse that leverage. Right. So, you know, when I, after I bought those first two properties, I ran into that situation of I want to buy more properties, but I didn't have any more money. So that's how I started flipping houses, right? And so what I would do is um, I partnered with a local investor that wasn't Dan, it was somebody else. Okay. And they had money and I kind of had the hustle and the time. And okay. so, you know, we would go and we would buy these really distressed properties. Back then you could buy what was called REOs, which are real estate owned properties from by banks. Those are bank owned, right? Bank owned yeah. properties. Okay. So you do buy, you could buy those off the MLS or through realtor. Okay. Um, so we would buy those, they bring the money. I would do the work or like manage the project and then we'd sell it. Um, okay. but again, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like school of YouTube trying to figure out. Yeah. How to like do probably this. bigger pockets. Yeah. And there are a lot yeah, uh-huh. at that point I started to get into podcasts, like bigger a lot pockets of and those okay. sort of things. Um, but I recognized that I needed more capital to buy more rentals. Okay. That's why I started flipping. And the, the first house that we flipped, it took me four months and I made like 4,200 bucks. 
um, because like wow. I didn't had no idea how to budget or <laughs> how to amazing. do anything on it. Right. Yeah. So it was just a terrible like return on time, but yeah. like the education that I got from that. And was that's, massive. I think what so many people forget yeah. about is like, even me doing this podcast or doing the tonic for two years, like there's so many different things that you do, but like, and you have these failures along the way, but you have to remember that like, you have to keep in mind, like what you're learning mm-hmm. is the, is the real value. Yeah. Right. It's not just about like, like, oh, did I, oh, I only made 4,000 bucks in four months. Right. It's, it's like, but like, how much did you learn that you wouldn't have known otherwise mm-hmm. if you hadn't done that and yeah. like made all those mistakes? Cause sometimes like you just have to, I don't like you can, there's all these courses that are like, oh, do this, do this. And you'll, we won't make any mistakes. And like, no. that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't all. exist. You have to go make them. It's <laughs> literally the only way to figure it out is to go make the mistakes. Yeah. Right. And you can have a course that can like mitigate that mm-hmm. and help that for sure. And like teach you some stuff you need to know, but like you have to go make the mistakes. Yeah. And it's the only way. And that's why most people don't succeed in stuff because they don't want to do that. Dude, you're, you're so right. Yeah. Like literally most people I know, like I have a lot of friends and it's like they, yeah, they don't because they because people make this mistake and they like which it's it's intuitive. So I get it. But they think that the the mistake means you failed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they think that 4K. For that, how long you said four months It's like four and a half months. OK, yeah. sure. So for so a thousand bucks a month or whatever it ends up being. Um, but obviously like a crap ton of time, time, I'm sure put yeah. into this. Right. Um, most people would see that and think like, oh, that, you know, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. But I think also most people, but they're doing that externally from the outside. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, they're not going and doing it and then getting to the end of the four months and being like, what a failure. Because I think if they did that actually like did it for four months, only had the same situation, only made 4k you, I don't think you could get to the end of that and be like, what a failure because of how much you've learned. So when you're actually in it, you don't, you don't make that like mindset mistake. It's only from the outside when you're just looking on. Yeah. Well, especially when you're, because we're pretty hands-on with it and you know, I admittedly didn't know what I was doing. I knew I didn't know what I was doing. So we just, then there were so many things that I was like, oh, well we paid the contract first. You stole our money. Crazy. There we go. <laughs> you know, like everyone says you shouldn't do that. And I thought I was gonna be the exception or like, I would have totally done that, dude. I'm so trusting. Like yeah, I would just, yeah, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. It was, it was a problem or, or like we, um, the house had been empty for two years. Okay. And we didn't know that you were supposed to like clear the pipes before you turn that water back on. I wouldn't on. have known that yeah, either. So we basically just turned on the water and all of the pipes burst in the house. Holy crap. And so there was like a waterfall. So- that oh came cascading God. down the stairs. No <laughs> and way. So that was like a $16,000 fix that we weren't expecting. But, you know, I could, I could do the math. I'm like, between the contractor stealing money, between that, um, then we had a couple other issues that we didn't um, expect. Okay. There was like a $35,000 just like education that yeah. could have gone to profit if we'd known so, that. And then what, right? what that tells you is like on the next one, yeah. you can make the 30, the you know, 35 plus four, so 40K mm-hmm. that you would have made because you learned all that. So like, okay, exactly. figured it out. Now I can go. And and honestly, like, and you still made money. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like you lost a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, right? You like, you made 4K. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you got paid 4K, which isn't great, but to learn all these lessons. Exactly. Right. For, yeah. for, Less than free or yeah. however that works out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so, so that was your first, one of your first experiences in yeah. the real estate. That was my, world. that was my first. And this is while you're in Ryan's group? No, is this, this is before. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you found it, his group later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was in like late 2018, early 2019. I did that one. I think actually probably just 
2009. I think about that one like January, February. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and then so after that, we flipped a different 2019, house. 2019, you said? Yeah. So you have it. So it's this like, it's not like five, 10 years of this. This is like a relatively new yeah. four years or something, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. yeah it's yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, so yeah, you've done well though. I've done, I've done pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So after that, we started flipping some more houses. Um, my wife and I, we uh, bought a, you know, made some money on like the first ones that we flipped after that. We kind of did smaller projects. So they were in and out of those usually like six to eight weeks. Okay. Which was a little bit better. Okay. Um, and and then, those were flips uh, as well, just smaller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then from there we started buying um, like distressed multifamily properties. So mm-hmm. we bought, uh, my wife and I, this is still before I, my current business partner, we bought a duplex and a triplex that were like fixer uppers. Okay. Um, and we bought those. We were able to buy those at a discount because they were fixer-uppers, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, we uh, fixed them up ourselves for the most part. Sweet. Like okay. me and my wife, like school of YouTube. Like, Heck yeah. Like, like you know, how yeah. Yeah, like, like how, how do we how do we install a shower surround? Like the tenants, they're like, I need to use the bathroom. I'm like, well, the bathroom's not working. You know, just like that's kind of what you got to go through. That's the um, process, though. Yeah. And I think that's the only process for this. It, it ultimately. Is. Yeah. At the but, end of the day. But going back to the money question, right, by buying it at that discount price. And again, this is before the boom in 2021. So you could buy these properties on the MLS, which is hard okay. to do now. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, now you have to go direct to sell. Yeah, right? we go, like we you have, have to look for. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Um, okay. So yeah, we uh, would buy this property's discount. We would increase the value of it. And then we would be able to refinance out the money that we put into it. Because so like, for example, the duplex, we bought that for like 195. Okay. Um, we put, I think it was like $30,000 into it. So that was like 225. And then we went and refinanced it and it appraised for like 275. So we're able to pull out a bunch of the cash that was in there. Okay. okay. So then we have a higher mortgage payment, but all the capital comes back. Okay. Um, and so you're able the to- Burr re- method? The Burr Is method? Is this- Okay. Exactly. I would thought- Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's because of the extra equity you gain is mm-hmm. why you can pull out additional cash for a follow-up down payment on another property? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I've you- always been super like- it's. I've always struggled like for the Burr method to click. Yeah. Right? So if you don't mind, like- yeah. Can we walk through this like sure. I'm a five-year-old? Okay. So like you buy the property, mm-hmm. right? And then the ne- the next one is, and you buy it. What do you buy it with? You buy it with like private money or? Yeah. So it, it depends. Um, so if the property condition is really poor, you need to use hard money, um, which is like okay. a cash-like loan. So because they'll let you do basically you, whatever you want. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's usually like a personally guaranteed loan okay. that is you know, meant for fixed ruppers. So it'll be like between 10 and 12% interest only. Okay. Um, but then, you know, and you'll have like some points of like a 12 month loan. Okay. And then after that, you can refinance into a long-term loan, which can be private money. It can be a, you know, okay. DSCR loan, which is like okay. a business private money loan, a commercial loan, whatever. Okay. If you're holding the, pro- well, yeah, because the Burr method, you hold it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And when, is it when you refinance that you get to pull out Correct. the additional equity yeah. in the property. Exactly. Okay. So as long as you got a good deal, mm-hmm. then you can pull out the money and use it to buy. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's where most people get stuck. Um, is because they have limited capital and they start buying crappy deals, chasing okay. relatively poor cash flow. Um, so the good deals, and I saw this on one of your videos as well, is like how key mm-hmm. the good deals are. Yeah. Like, so- like if you can find good deals. Everything else can be figured out, but yes. like the good deals, that's the key. Yeah. 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 And, and so like that um, reel that you talked about that I did, um, like I really f- firmly believe that anyone can become a millionaire in two years yeah. as long as they find good deals. That's the big okay. caveat, right? Okay. Because most people, they get impatient, especially in this 
current sort of like cycle we're in of just instant gratification for everything. People oh, yeah. don't want to do yeah. the hunt for the good deals, right? Yeah. Or they wait for the good deals to come to them. Yeah. Um, and or so, they get like their first lead and they're just like desperate to make a deal of it because they're excited. Exactly. And like, it's like, yeah. yeah. And they're starting to like do all this weird stuff trying to make it work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, being able to refinance that capital also too, when that money comes back, it's tax free because it's debt. So, you know, you basically, okay. you know, it's being, the debt's being paid off by the tenants, but you can have on some of these wow. properties, like a huge amount of money that comes back. Um, okay. That's completely tax free. Right. Um, like a hundred thousand, 50,000. Yeah. Higher. So, so at the end of 2021, I refinanced five of the properties that I had. Um, okay. Like in a, in a bucket, like all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I refinanced them all separate, but they were ones that I'd bought from 2018, 2019 and that I'd kept. Okay. Um, and because the interest rates were so low. I was able to keep my cash flow about the same, but I pulled out almost half a million dollars in wow. just tax-free money, right? Just that's straight crazy. cash in my bank account. That's wild. Um, and that's like, that's crazy. You, you know, and not having yeah. the tax burden with that is crazy. And then also too, I'm still getting the cash yeah, flow. Yeah, because it's tax-free. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then also the, um, you know, the rent's being, like the rent's paying the mortgage Taking and everything. Care of. So it yeah. works out really well. That's amazing, dude. Um, is that, did you learn the Burr through Ryan's group or was it mostly, because uh, isn't that what he teaches primarily is Burr? No. So no? so okay. Ryan Ryan teaches the direct to seller stuff, which is how I got into that. Okay. <laughs> He's mostly like helping you reach out to the seller. Yeah. Through Ballpoint and. Yeah. yeah. So so okay. the, the Burr method, just like a OG, bigger pockets. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so yeah, but I got into that and then as I, went through 2019 mm-hmm. into the end of the year, you know, we'd done a handful of deals and I just recognized that the opportunities weren't as abundant as I wanted. Okay. You know, when I was waiting for like either wholesalers to bring me deals or other realtors to bring me deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, I think I'd done like five or six properties. So I got invited to like this meetup that was like for the active people in Spokane. And it was really just a way for the wholesalers. Okay. Which I'll get into the wholesalers in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. to build like their buyers list. And uh I met these guys and I was like, these guys are the guys that are finding the deals. I just need to learn learn what they're doing. Yeah. Um and so what a wholesaler is, and that's my primary business now, okay, is you are basically a professional deal finder, right? So you know how to market to off market sellers and how to negotiate discounted purchases. Yep. Um, and so what we do is we pull general lists of people that have things like bankruptcies, liens mm-hmm. on their properties, getting divorced, things like that. We do outreach to them. They engage with us. And then usually we bail them out of their situation with the collateral being their house. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yep. like we've gotten properties, you know, they're usually distressed. There's usually like some pretty major work needs to be done. There's always complicated personal yeah. and legal stuff that we have to deal with. Okay. Um, but that's where we make our money. But that's what you're sort of getting paid for, right? Exa- like is exactly. that service to yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And as a wholesaler, we can make money a few different ways. Because you can right? help people out of like um, uh, uh, foreclosure, right? Mm-hmm. Like pre-foreclosures. Yep bankruptcy yeah even like divorce issues yeah I and, mean. and basically the whole sales pitch from a wholesaler is you can buy stuff you know on a flexible timeline so you can do it super quick or you can mm-hmm. do it super long if they need to for like a divorce or a probate or things like okay. that um you can buy it as is without them needing to do any sort of repairs without them needing they don't to, even like, have to do take an their crap out of the house right exactly they can, like leave it yeah, yeah. We, we've we've bought several houses that were like hoarder houses that are just full to the brim with stuff okay um you know, so that's always a big selling point. And then like, we'll also be flexible with like people being able to like stay in the house while they relocate. 
Um, okay. or like, you know, not having to deal with tenants that are in the house versus if they went on the market, they'd probably have to like kick the tenants out or deal with that situation. Okay. okay. Um, and so that's how we negotiate our lower prices by picking up all their okay. They don't yeah. The, I learned about wholesaling when I worked with Carrot because mm-hmm. I worked with Carrot and they're like mostly, I mean, they help all real estate investors, like mostly their website. You're familiar with Carrot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of their websites are like for wholesalers. So yeah. that's probably like the business model I'm most familiar with. I've never done it. Um, but I know a lot of people who've done it. And um, would you say that like, I think wholesaling is definitely marketed as the best way for people to get into real estate investing. Do you think that's true that it's no. Okay. Um, it, like it is, if someone that wants to do real estate as a career mm-hmm. and they don't have any money um, or they have like, don't have enough money to like go and start just accumulating assets. It's a great way to get started okay. because you can make extremely high ROI but it is like a business system that you have okay. to learn to build. Okay. Right. And so like as, as a wholesaler, how you make your money, it's a couple of different ways, right? Obviously you can buy the property and you can flip it and turn it to a rental and do things like that. But very often what happens is you start to get into it. You have more opportunities than you have cash. Okay. So you'll do what's called an assignment, mm-hmm. which basically like you like flip the contract to another investor. Yep. So through what's called an assignment fee. So in general terms, it's like an explanation. Let's say that you have a, contract to buy a property for $100,000, property is worth $200,000. You go and you find another investor that wants to buy it for $120,000. Mm-hmm. And then you never actually close on it, but you get paid a $20,000 fee on the closing statement that yeah. comes directly from you the You basically property. like flip the purchase agreement, right? Exactly. Like you, yeah. you get them to sign a document, sort of making them commit to selling to yeah. you within a time period. Yeah. And then- You just flip that contract. You never actually own the house. You just flip the contract to, to another else. investor who's like- you know, do you usually do a double close where they're not really aware of like what you're making or do you typically the just seller or um, the, buyer? the buyer? Like, so double close so that the buyer's like, oh my God, you're making $50,000 on the wholesaler is or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, do we, you, we, ha- we have, um, like don't normally like every now and then if stuff gets a little bit weird, just keep it transparent. Will, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean the general sort of rule is that if the price point works for you, it shouldn't really matter what the wholesaler's making. Yeah. But Cause if, if you're going to make money on it anyways, yeah. with your business model, yeah. Then why why give a rip? Yeah. And yeah. And usually people totally are fine. Sense. Sometimes with like old guys, they get really butthurt about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I yeah. told my um uncle, he's gotta be like 85. Yeah. He's old and he does some real estate investing. And I told him about like wholesalers, or I I'd never talked to him about it before, but I mentioned wholesaling to him, and he just like he got super pissed. He was just like, he hates them. He's yeah. like, just hey, I was like, I wasn't expecting that. But yeah, yeah. Like when we started, and you know, we we're starting to find buyers. We had some of like the old guard in Spokane. But like, just so you know, I only pay um, wholesale fees up to five thousand dollars. I'm like, cool. See ya. Never bringing you a deal. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. suffering. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. Because so, um, yeah, because if you're gonna be a stickler like that, yeah, that makes the. I mean, ideally you just create these symbiotic relationships where everybody's mm-hmm. making money and exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so and why did you switch to wholesaling Yeah. from the, cause you were doing buy and hold before that? Yeah. So, okay. so basically we started the wholesaling tactics of like the direct to seller. Um, and this is when I partnered up with Dan and okay. So, so this, he's my, my now business partner and we're, we're best friends from college. Heck yeah. Um, and so we started partnering up primarily well, I needed his money. Um, he had a, he has W2, like, right. So he had a lot more money oh, that was so coming the, in. Okay. Cool. Um, and I didn't, like, I had a lot of my stuff tied up into some flips that I was finishing up and I bought some okay. rentals and it, you know, it does take money to run marketing systems. Yep. Um, and so there was that, but then also to, you know, something about taking on new venture, 
it is more fun with friends. Like dude, it's I. Uh, that's something I wanted to talk to you about too, which we'll get to. But the yeah. business partner thing, I think, is huge. Yeah. So, yeah. so we started going direct to seller, and our goal was to buy. Um, I think we said fifty properties over ten years. Okay, that was what we set out when, which is funny to think about now. Um, so you know, started it two thousand nineteen, sort of like built the systems out. Started mailing in um, twenty twenty. We use direct mail for most of our lead generation, cool. so we yep. actually send letters out to people. Use um, ballpoint. Typically, we don't or? use ballpoint actually. Okay. okay. I would love to use ballpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't know if that's the only. I just mentioned Ryan it because it's the only one I know. But like their, yeah, customer, know. their customer service is just not on not par good. with their competitors. Not, hasn't been what you need yeah. for yeah. your business. Yeah. yeah. So what do you use then? Uh, we use a company called Open Letter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, Justin Silverio. Okay. Okay. Cool. There. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them. There's there, a lot of different. There, there is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we use ballpoint for a while. But cool. Yeah. So we'll send out these letters. Um, and then like, you know, leads started coming in Okay. and, you know, as stuff would come in, we would find that a lot of the distressed properties weren't properties that we actually wanted to own. They okay. were in like, you know, C and D class neighborhoods, Okay. major fixer uppers. Does that, what is, uh, what is C and D? Like, I'm not familiar with that terminology. Yeah. Is that income based yeah, terminology? Like, it, like, like you low know, income? Kind of, right. It Just usually like means the, like the like not good parts of yeah. cities, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. So okay. like they'll have like a, a class. So be like, you know, the affluent neighborhoods. Yeah. B will be like the middle income and then C will be like the blue collar neighborhoods. And then D will be like the war zone neighborhood. Yeah. Right? Like you don't even want to yeah. walk there with your yeah. Yeah, kid or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, okay. So, you know, just the nature of who we're marketing to, that's where a lot of leads are coming from. Okay. Right. Cause people that have financial issues. Yep. And so we're like, well, we don't really want to, you know, do these projects. They're pretty big projects or we didn't want to own them. So we started wholesaling properties at that point. Okay. Um, just so we could start getting some of our money back. And then we're like, there's no point in not monetizing these leads that are coming in that we're paying for. Yeah. Um, and then it'd be a shame not to use them. Yeah. 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 And, and it took us a little while to sort of get started. So when we started mailing to when we got our first contract, it took us about five months. Okay. Um, and we were about, I think we're $30,000. Five in months. Yeah. COVID didn't help. Wow. Um, That's like some determination though. Yeah. I mean, to keep at it for five months, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, again, it goes back to what I said when, during that flip where I only made the four grand, you could like see where you messed up Yeah, as you're going through it. Right. Yep. And so it's just like, how do I make that better for next time? Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Cause like we would have leads come in. But and was then, that a tough five months in terms of like, it was not very fun. For no, sure. it might. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I remember, you know, several times meeting up with Dan, um, and you know, and he'd want to like quit and that stuff because it was his money that we were spending. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, but the leads were coming in, we were having conversations. So we knew that eventually stuff would come together. And then being a part of, you know, Ryan Dossie's group, having that sort of like accountability and seeing that there was other people that were successful mm. was huge because it's like, you know, you have affirmation from other people. You can, you yeah. Can like, you know, you it. know, people are doing it. Yeah. Like, so, so why can't you? Yeah. You're like, I just need to know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it took us, you know, about 30 grand. We were in the hole at that point. Um, okay. So like in debt, in, essentially. Basically, yeah. Okay. We'd put into marketing that we hadn't brought back yet. Okay. Before we got our first okay. deal. Um, and so the first deal, the, <laughs> the person that we sold the contract to, they like beat us up on our assignment fee. We we're trying to get like a $15,000 fee and they beat us down to like $7,500 and we were desperate. So we were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. And then they, they proceeded to like vacuum the carpet and like list the property. I think they made like 85 grand. 
Uh, wow. So they had, literally just like wholetailed it basically. Yeah. Like just, yeah. So we had, we got okay. a good, we got a good lesson and, you know, making okay. sure that we analyze all the opportunities, but you know, still got some money coming in. And then the next month we did, um, two properties. I think we made like 30 and then the month after that, I think we did like 20 something. So what was like um, the difference? So like five months, you don't make anything. Yeah. And then one month you do, you would almost expect like the next month might be dead. And then, but then it kind of like took off. Yeah. So it kind of like slowly rolled. And so this is, this is the thing with any sort of marketing and I'm sure Mm -hmm. sure you can understand this for sure. It has to be done over a period of time because people need to get comfortable with you Mm -hmm. and your brand and you need to do follow up with your prospects. Right. And most people don't do that. They like think that I'm going to send this mail, I'm going to do this marketing. And if I don't get a deal from it. I'm going to go to the next thing. Yep. So all of our deals started to come together because there were people that we had connected with like months prior that we had been following up with for months. Okay. And then finally they were warm to having. So it was the five months of work essentially that was Correct. finally paying you back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then that's, and that's where, why most people in this business fail. Um, because they get into they it. Don't they don't make it through that five month they, gap, right? They, they don't. Yeah. And then we, I, I always tell people, it's like, we have our own coaching program that we do. And I do a lot of mentorship stuff. Okay. And I'm always like, you have to be willing to give between anywhere from three to eight months on this thing without, like, with, without expecting to make any money because yeah. that's realistically how long, you know, three months at like a very, very lucky end. And then eight months on, you know, you got to figure some stuff out. <laughs> yeah, like I, if I've you're not getting happen. anything in eight months, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. um, but yeah, so we, uh, got our first deal that was in May. Um, and then by October we had our first six figure month. Um, wow. Yeah. And so that's wild. And th- then from there, it six was, figure in like profit. Yeah. And like net wow. profit. Holy um, crap, dude. And from there it was kind of off to the races. So Amazing. we, we made the conscious decision to basically make ourselves whole from what we had into the business and not take any like pay above that and okay. just reinvest everything. So we started hiring staff. Um, we like really leaned into our system and really double down on our marketing. Okay. Um, and then going into 2021, we did like 50 something deals. Okay. Um, and I made my, uh, myself, I made seven figures. Wow. Um, and Hell you know, yeah. I became a millionaire, I guess, just from, we, yep. we were buying real estate. Yeah. We were buying, yeah. we were buying properties along the way too. Okay. So when we would get like multifamilies and things like that, that we liked, and how old we, are we you? would keep those. I'm 32. 32. I'm 29. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got three years. Yeah. So <laughs> although um, you became, when did you wait? Like how old were you when you became a millionaire? Uh, I was, I was, it was three days after my 30th birthday. All right. So I got like, yeah. I got like three months. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But, Dude, but, that's the cra- amazing. So, but the crazy thing is though, right. So yeah. you, you joke about that. Um, that six figure month that we had, um, <clears throat> that was the month before my 30th birthday. Wow. Right. So we took all, like, as we were going, when we were taking like that little bit of money, that 20 and $30,000 months, we would roll those into duplexes and those sort of things. Wow. Um, so that's yeah. amazing. So at that point, was it still just you two, or did you have kind of a, a little team of like people helping you? So that was the big, um, thing about where we started to take off and we had our first big month was we recognized that sales was not our strong suit. Okay. So we brought in that's a sales person. Suck. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it, smart. It's a tough role to fill. And so we brought yeah. in our, um, our salesperson. And at that point, because we had bought a couple of properties, we only had like four thousand dollars in our business bank account. We had okay. no, we had no business hiring somebody. Yeah. Um, but we brought, this, you know, we interviewed and we asked for and we're like, well, either they're gonna like close deals or I guess we're gonna have to lay them off in like a month. Like that'd be kind of messed up. But yep. that is what it is. <laughs> um, so they came in and they closed seven deals in their first month. Um, what? 
And the, and the crazy thing is too, is it was all leads that were already in the system that like, we just weren't working appropriately. I feel like that's the best high you can get oh, being yeah. a business owner is yeah. like hiring someone who just like crushes something you suck mm-hmm. at. And you're like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just and, awesome. And the funny thing was, is the girl that we, uh, we um, hired, she wasn't even like a real estate person. Okay. She was just a people person. And so like her background was like working as a bartender and working like selling kettle corn at like a farmer's market. Really, um, and it, it the reason that we chose her over like the real estate people because we had a lot of like real estate guys that yeah. applied for the role, <clears throat> and then, like I read bigger pockets, well, yeah, or, yeah, or like they were like had hard sales backgrounds, those sort of things. And when we were sitting in the room with all these people, we were like thinking about our sellers, we're mm-hmm. like okay, so we usually have like widows, you know, people that are going through divorce, people yep. that have like some kind of trauma, people that you know, feel like the world is after them because, you know, they're coming for their collections because they haven't paid their medical bills in three years. Yep. Right. Who's going to vibe the best with those people? Is it going to be the hard sales guy or is it going to be the like the, the empathetic ca- the kettle listener who <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. like 10 cats? Yeah. 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 You know, that's so, funny. So, it's so true though. Yeah. And, and, and she didn't, you know, the real estate stuff is easy to teach. The people yeah. part of it is very difficult. To it's got to be something that at least a little bit, I think, comes natural. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if you're not that person, training to be that person probably isn't going to do you a lot of good. No, Like, just not. find somebody else who's going to help yeah. you out. Yeah. yeah. And and that's yeah. a reason that I think a lot of real estate people struggle to get started with wholesaling or doing off-market real estate is they focus on the asset. Mm-hmm. And it's not an asset-based business. It is a person-based business, right? Mm. It is all about how do you solve people's problems, and how like buying the real estate makes sense for them to solve that problem. Mm. And a lot of times it doesn't like, honestly, and you need okay. to be willing to understand that and not like try to force it. Yeah. It's not a coercive sales business, right? Yeah. It's, it's a problem. It's, solving. it's solutions based. Right. Have you seen, uh, have you watched much of Pace Morby's stuff? Oh, I hate Pace Morby. Do you? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I don't yeah. like know him personally or anything. Do you yeah. know him? No. Okay. I don't know. I, I just, just, you just hate his content. Well, it's well like, this guy's so, annoying. so like, I've done over 350 transactions. We've been doing this. I've okay. done all like the stuff that he talks about. Okay. The subject twos and the creative. So you know it in the real world. I know like, how it you know. actually works. Yeah. And I know the bullshit that he tells that people. That he's telling people. Okay. And, and the problem with his stuff is because um, he's made so much money off of his education and his coaching and they just lean into it and they have really high production value and their media and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And they, they, they sell it as like a get rich with no money sort of thing yeah it's all like yeah you don't have to know anything yeah yeah which brings a certain kind of crowd mm. um and so that the crowd that exists there is kind of toxic but also more coffee yeah that'd be great sweet um but also too the problem is that the kind of tactics that he teaches they can put people in really bad situations okay and he doesn't teach you how to do any of like the appropriate to like, like legal with things it. to protect yourself or to, it, or to protect the seller okay you know um okay so but yeah that you know it's it's a those kind of people there's a lot of that in the real estate you have to be like you have to be so careful like there's so many real estate like gurus and doing different stuff and the it's gnarly one of the crazy things is too is how few of those guys actually do like the business these days Um, yeah because they just make money coaching yeah but i mean it is (laughs) easier money like honestly yeah for sure like if you can just build a website and mm -hmm. you know and and well and a lot of them they'll do the investing but then they start the coaching they make 
I don't know if they make more, but they make easier money, like you're saying, with the coaching. So yeah. they just kind of stop the real estate, mm -hmm. right? Well, I mean, it, like, it's so easy to get like reoccurring income from that. So like we have our coaching program. Um, okay. You know, as I'm ripping on coaches, we started we started <laughs> yeah. ours because we, we started- Hire me. Yeah, we, start, <laughs> yeah. we started a podcast um, and then people listening would, they like kept inquiring about if we had mentorship. Okay. And so we started up a mentorship program. Village people asked for it. There's a lot of demand for it. But now we make, I don't know, 30 grand a month recurring. Just from the that, coaching. Just from the coaching. I'm like, do you have any idea how many freaking properties I'd have to can buy? I, can I ask you like, yeah, that's true. That, <laughs> that's a lot. It's if you're wholesaling and it's so much more work mm -hmm. and that's recurring. So it's, you know, yeah. how many people do you have? In our court? In your, or, or, however it works. I don't know your like, we like value ladder. We have like 48 so. people. Okay. Uh, 48, 49 people. What's your, what is it per month? What's the cost? Like how much is it per month? So we have like different tiers. Or it's different tiers. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Like, it's kind of complicated. Okay. But, okay. Um, Fine. Um, so what's like, so can you, can you tell me like what's your basic value? I'm curious, like, cause I'm kind of in the online course selling stuff like that world too. So like, what's your value ladder? Like from, okay, you're in our ecosystem mm -hmm. on your website or whatever, maybe you run Facebook ads or something yeah. and then like maybe the top tier. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is, this is kind of how our business has evolved. And this is my yeah. way of trying to actually scale wholesaling, not okay. just an education platform or coaching, but also so, do more wholesaling. Yeah. So, okay. so, okay. As we started to grow our, our wholesaling business, um, we basically grew out of Spokane okay. just because we, um, you know, had maxed out kind of like the marketing potential from mm -hmm. it. So like there was really not a whole lot more people we could market to. And so we were getting to this point where if we wanted to grow, we were basically having to spend more and more money to get like our cost per deal was getting larger. Okay. Right. So we started going virtual. Um, and uh, that would come with its own complications okay. of, you know, not knowing the neighborhoods, not having good connections on the ground, yep. you know, not having interrelationships there. And so we started basically like a partnership program that we run now, which is like our highest offer okay. for our, our education program. For your program value too. letter or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, so essentially how it's all structured is at the base, we have a, do it yourself model. Okay. Where you come in and you basically pay and monthly. And there's like a, okay. Yeah. You pay monthly to be part of a group and there's like a education platform that teaches you how to build. Where you can learn everything sort of yep. at your own pace. Yep. And you, okay. and you can do it um, all yourself. And then we have a, um, basically a done with you model. Okay. Okay. Where you can come in, you still join the group. Um, and then you, like we will do like the marketing for you, but you have to close your own deals. Okay. But we'll actually just run the exact same systems that we run. We do it for so you. So you know you'll get them the leads essentially exactly. and then they just have to deal with that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then at the top tier of it, we have a done for you model. Okay. Um, of like you are our local partner on the ground. Okay. And we will run the marketing. We will run the sales. We will close the contracts. Okay. Um, and so we actually do the entire wholesaling process for you. Wow. And then your, your responsibility is just to find the end buyers or figure out how you're going to close in the property once we get assigned around. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're responsible for the, um, yep. is that called the dis called disposition? disposition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, they're like a true partner in that sense of like, you know, we are making money together when the deal's closed. That's cool. So that's like the top end of our ladder. Okay. Um, okay. Sweet dude. Yeah. Um, 
And then for like getting people into your ecosystem, that mainly through the just like organic podcast yeah, stuff, through the podcast, and then okay. social media. Um, What's your downloads? Do you know? Do you look at your downloads? Yeah, is that our, like the, that's like the main? See, I know nothing. Is that like the main metric? Yeah, for so that's what people look at because that's what I've heard is like po- number of downloads. Podcast metrics suck. Like it's yeah, really hard say, to like, find. A good and platform. email is becoming the same way because like like Apple's basically fucked open rates. Yeah, it's so like you don't you don't know what your open rate is anymore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did so, you know this? No. Oh yeah. So like, um, Apple released, it was probably like maybe like six to eight months ago. Now okay. Apple released, uh, iOS 14 something. Um, they released a thing that allows people to, uh, it's called, I think it's called email privacy protection or something like this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Ooh, they're protecting you. And so people, if they opt into it, which is like basically prompts you to opt into it. And it's like, do you want your email protected? And if they do, then a, a separate client opens the email before they open it. Mm. So essentially, so it, it gives everything. you 100% open yeah. on stuff that wasn't open. So basically, nice. we've seen, you know, not everyone uses, it's only if you're using like the Apple Mail app, which I don't I use the Gmail app, but um, but if you're using that app, so, and you opt in. So it's not like, it's not like you're going to look and see 100% because everyone's using different yeah. apps and stuff. But if it's 20% of people that are using that, like that throws you off. It lifts it. Yeah. So you, what we've, what we've seen is, is like a lift from average open rates of like, I think it was like 15 to 18% was average. And now yeah. it's like closer to like 20, 25% is more average just because of that. So yeah. it's all, all the metrics like. They're all good. Yeah. yeah. But podcasts have never been good. It's never, been, it's never good. been good. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that like there just isn't a good platform that aggregates everything. So you can get some of those monthly That's downloads. But I'm also like, who downloads podcasts? I don't know. I stream everything personally. Yeah. Uh, all right. No. So we're talking about sorry. we're talking about podcast downloads. I should know. That. I'm the host. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so, so anyways. So yeah. our uh, we get about five thousand a month. Okay. Uh, That's pretty good considering like we were saying that like I feel like people don't yeah download like you probably you might I, like triple at least right like you gotta have triple that uh in terms of like listeners because you're saying yeah. like streaming like most people are gonna stream yeah. like if you're getting 5k downloads i feel like that's a pretty respectable yeah metric it, it's not it's not bad like you know it, it's <clears> one of those things it's funny it's a um it's a vanity metric right it's it's like real estate people when they talk about their yeah. door count um yep. or they talk about like the assets under management that they have it's like well i don't care if you have you know 5,000 doors if you own 1% of that. Yep. You know, it's like, I don't care if you have 50,000 monthly downloads if your engagement's really low. Yep. You know, so like our, like the better metrics um, from what we've learned is you can check listen through rate. So basically what percentage of your shows people listen to. Okay. Um, and so like our average listen through rates over 90%. Which okay. means that we provide some good content because, like, if you look at stuff online, most people so that will means say, how long are your episodes? Uh, they're usually between thirty-five to fifty minutes. So that means ninety percent of people are finishing. Yeah, ninety percent. Holy yeah, crap! Or, or people are people are listening to ninety percent plus of the episode. of the episode. So yeah, virtually. Yeah. So basically, yeah. until we get to wow. like the sign off where we like talk about you know our call to action that sort of stuff. that's that's right. that's it off yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like shut the fuck up yeah yeah that's so true oh my god that's really good yeah so yeah. i mean sounds really good yeah and, and the general rule that i've heard is like people try to shoot for like 60 to 70 percent listen through okay. rate so yeah that we have 90 percent. i feel like it's pretty good i would be pretty happy with that yeah yeah so. if this gets 90 percent listen through i'm gonna be like <laughs> hell yeah. yeah maybe you maybe you're contagious maybe you brought it with maybe. you you know what i mean so what what's like the top so tell me, like I'm new podcaster, right? And some of the people who listen to this probably will. Everyone wants to start a podcast today, yeah. right? Like everybody. Um, what would what, what do you say to people who like? What have you learned? 
Right. Yeah. What, what's some advice you could give? Well, you're already coming in with an advantage because you have an email list. So I had nothing, I do. Right. I do. Yeah. And, and most people don't have anything when they start. Um, yep. but I mean, it's just like everything else, right. I would say it's going to take longer than you want for it to gain traction. Yep. Like always. So we didn't really start getting growth and for over about a year. Yep. Um, and so it was, and we didn't even tell anybody about it for the first 10 episodes. That's always something else that I tell people too, is don't really advertise to people until yep. you've done 10 episodes and you've committed to it yep. because otherwise you're going to do like three <laughs> and be and, like, and, yeah, see, I built the studio. Yeah. So I'm like in, yeah, right. Cause, cause dude, I glued these fucking things to the wall and those are never coming down. <laughs> these foam pads. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but like most of my story has been about yeah. these foam pads. Yeah. I, have you ever tried to stick foam to a wall? <laughs> no. It's so the issue it's dude i glued them i have a i have a fucking hot glue gun in here yeah i didn't know what else to do i tried like five <laughs> times and i would come and they'd stick great dude and then yeah. i'd come in and it's, they it's they would all be gone walls. yeah yeah no dude the wall's not the problem so the wall's great everything i use sticks to the wall yeah but the foam sticks to nothing uh, i mean this thing's impervious to, to yeah. stickiness yeah and so i tried everything i tried these things on amazon like i probably tried three different types of tape and all this stuff and finally i was like glue gun yeah so yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do if i because you know tiago's the landlord so i don't know what i'm gonna do if i ever it's <laughs> like the wall's coming down just, bro like i don't know what to do yeah you can pull this wall down and open it into yeah. there's like another space over there but that's fine. um yeah so i'm committed now nice. and i'm familiar with that too because the newsletter was yeah. a very i think for the first six months we had a hundred subscribers yeah like and we were only sending weekly at that point we started mm-hmm. weekly went to daily later yeah but that's always how it is when you try to do something, something that like is building the audience. Mm-hmm. It's just not fast. No, it isn't. Because people, I think part of it is like people have to keep, like you're saying, people have to keep seeing you. Mm-hmm. They have to see your face and they have to know like, this isn't some dude I'm going to see once. Yeah. This is like some dude that he's not quitting. So now mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Like if he keeps showing up on my feed or whatever, it's like, hmm. Speaking of which, do you do like, do you post, you do reels and TikToks and stuff like that as well? Yeah. Has that been pretty helpful in getting audience for your podcast? Because this is one of my strategies I'm going to use. Yeah. So make shorts of you talking and be like, follow Mike. (laughs) So I'm still trying to figure out a piece of that together. So I am, um, I go through phases with like Mm -hmm. Instagram and stuff where I will be like on it for like months and then I'll go on a trip and I'll fall off because I'm like, I'm not going to be walking around making fucking reels. Dude. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, I could go off on I hate when people are like on vacation and they're Uh, just like, I'm like, you idiot. What are you doing? It's it's difficult. And so like we have a team that um, has helped plan out some of the different things and I have a little bit of a more like a strategy for it. Okay. But the thing that I find really hard is how do you pair, how do you connect like the social media to back to the podcast? Because I've also found that the mm. pieces of content that like I plug the podcast on, or like even I mix it on at the end, they do very, very poorly. Right. Cause people don't necessarily like promotion. Okay. Right. People are automatically turned off by promotion. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. No matter, no, no, no matter, matter how good the offer is. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, even if it's like I have a educational piece and <clears> I say, you know, oh, this is like the podcast at the end or like go to the link in my bio or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really translate to anything. Okay. And so my sort of hypothesis is that like that sort of stuff should be done almost entirely for entertainment. The podcast? No, the, um, the short form stuff. So like yeah. the reels and those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. You shouldn't necessarily be doing any promo or any sort of like major Yeah, it's literally just complex. like getting people to see your face. Yeah, like, and like, you know, make, make them want to follow you and then you get them on the hook with like the entertainment and then you can add value to them yep. later 
by, you know, doing more like longer form content, like videos, things like that, or like getting them to the podcast after they've sort of been following you for a while. Yeah. But just like everything else, you know, it, it takes time to come together. And like, I've had people that hit me up on Instagram, don't even know that I have a podcast. You know, which just drives me crazy because I'm like, I'm like, how can you not know like, that? Because it's they, on your profile. It's, it's got to be. It's on my profile. For sure. So yeah. if they look at your profile, it's yeah. like, and it's I'll, two clicks away. Yeah. And I'll be people that are like, oh, I followed you on Instagram for five months. I didn't even know that you had this. I'm I like, hate that. What the fuck? It's like, because they've never looked at your profile. They just watch your videos and they're like, yeah, what, man, this guy's, this guy's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, you know, which is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course. Like, that's just the nature of the game. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is always a little bit like disheartening. You're like, yeah. how many people would be listening if yeah. they knew? Yeah. And, it, and it's really hard to stand out, you know, especially now, which yeah. is like another white guy with money. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. So true. Another white guy with the podcast. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Like, and we're not, we're not like particularly interesting looking guys. Exactly. Like we're, we're about as like basic. Yeah. Like I got, I did the, uh. It wasn't 23 Me. It was the other one. The one that like tells you where you're from or whatever. Yeah. It just what said, it? it just said white. Yeah. It just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. It just came back and like, you are white. Yeah. Basically, dude, it was like UK, Ireland, like the same ones we're all from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, it is hard, I think, to stand out on the podcast. And I think what I think the key is like you have to get on people's radar. Mm-hmm. And once you're on there, because like, what do you do? You're going to the gym. You're thinking about doing a pod. You, you like want to listen to a podcast. Usually what I do is like, I just go to podcasts and I go to the one, the, the shows I usually listen to. Yeah. And I look for one that like looks interesting and I click on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you, I think once you're on that list of shows, people are flicking through that they're like used to listening to, but obviously that's the hard part, but yeah. that's the key I think is getting so that it becomes a little bit habitual. Maybe they're listening to you like once a week or something or yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the challenging things is as well is, um, and you get into like smaller podcasts, like fringe podcasts. Okay. Um, a lot of people are like, what really, do you mean? What's like a well, fringe well, podcast? Well, like, like, like ones that, you know, you're real estate, right? There's okay hundreds of real estate podcasts. I've, I've been on probably close to a hundred of them. A lot of them are like wow. not very good. And so yeah. you like need to show people that you're not like them. <laughs> Which is really hard. <laughs> That's so true. Because people get burned over and over again because like they listen to 20 different real estate blocks. Like, man, this one sucks. You know? Yeah. Um, that's because there's like, a, and everyone thinks that they're interesting. Yeah. Right. That's the, yeah. Or, or like the big thing with real estate that's tricky is there's a lot of people that um, have podcasts purely just for like raising money for their funds or those sort of okay. things. And so what they do is they 100% just rely on the guests that they bring on to basically bring their audience. They don't actually have any value to provide themselves as like a host. Okay. And so like I've done shows like this, right? Where literally I'm I'm on Zoom and they'll just be like, tell me your backstory. And then we just like (laughs) stare at each other. And then I talk for like 30 minutes and they Holy don't say anything shit. and it's terrible. I'm like, and I'm like, I was like, no one listens it's, to this shit. No. I was like, you know. But. No. And if they do listen, it's maybe because they already know you yeah. and you posted about, hey, I did this podcast and then they go listen. Yeah. But they're not listening because of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but, but that makes it hard to get new followers because there just so many of those out there. Yeah. And you need to show them that you're not like that. Um, yeah. And- which is hard when you're like talking to a guy who is not. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. And you're like, I'm supposed to like be energetic and enthusiastic. And this person is like killing me, mm-hmm. killing my soul. Yeah. 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 That's so funny. So um, have but, you had any like just terrible experiences on pod? Because you've done a lot of them on, um, on as a podcast guest or like maybe not terrible, but I haven't, like, I haven't had any that are like super bad. Okay. Um, just some uncomfortable I've, I've just had some that are like really dull. Yeah. Right. Cause like where people aren't fully engaged or what's, okay. what's always really bad is, um, 
when you get some of these ones where like you, they don't quite like get what I do and they have like their own truth around like what I do. And so they like okay. kind of lead towards things that don't make any sense. And you're like, I don't know how to explain to you on your show that like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I've had a couple like that where they like, weird. don't fully understand the real estate investing stuff. Like yeah, the wholesaling, like the or wholesaling or the, yeah. or like what we do. Dude, it must've taken me cause I learned about wholesaling at Carrot. It, yeah. it must've taken me like at least six months to actually figure it out. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know why it was so confusing. There's something about it that was like, I couldn't, it couldn't click that like, that, that like you didn't own the property mm-hmm. and somehow you're flipping this contract. You know, yeah. that was like a bizarre yeah. thing to understand. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, like, it's like brokering something, right? So you just have your price and then you have, I mean, it's exactly the same as what like Walmart does. Yeah. Right. Where they just like have their, shirt that they bought for whatever and they sell it for a higher price yeah um it's but, like every business model yeah, essentially basically. the basics of every business model is yeah. like that yeah so no um, yeah but yeah but i've had several though where i've gotten on and they're like they'll be like agent podcasts like real estate agent podcasts, I think, okay. and they don't even know that i'm a wholesaler and i don't know that because usually it's like they're because <laughs> they're like inviting you because yeah they, they, they like should have an idea and, of and, like, mo- and most people that have like a va that like reaches out and like want to book me and stuff like okay that. okay um and uh those are always super awkward because i'm like i don't want to like just like call you out like on your own show right now and be like because <laughs> they it. think you're an agent oh yeah are they like they think that okay. i'm like doing stuff more of a traditional way as opposed to this off market stuff, to like a- sort of agents typically don't like wholesalers. No, um, because we're just sort of contrarian to what they do. Right, just because it's and contrarian, we, and we make way more money. Way more money. Yeah, and they're just pissed because they have they're certified. Are you yeah. are you like do you have your certification or whatever as a license? Well, I know some no. No. You don't need it. Well, it depends on like some states now require it, don't they? Like yes and no. It's becoming more common. Yes, yes and no. So like with our with our partnership stuff, and this is another reason that we started it this way. Um, because there's, you know, I think like Tennessee, Ohio, um, what's another state? Those are, those are two like recent ones that we're active in okay. that um, you need a license. So so with our partnership, we have um, 23 different partners around the country that we're actively okay. like closing deals. So that's people at the highest tier. Uh, of yeah. Your, okay. Yeah, exactly. So so we're basically marketing and running sales um, in all those markets. Okay. And so like we have, I have, a, I have a team of 17. And then they're doing the, the dispositions on those, yeah. right? Yeah. And then- so do you make money on the, do you get like a percentage of the deals so yeah, for those? So, so we get a fixed $5,000 fee per deal. Oh, cool. So, so then they get all the upside, right? Yeah. So, so as long so, as you're finding good deals, uh-huh. so that's, that's like sweet. Yeah. So that's our, basically our offer is that they are paying for the system. They're paying for the marketing. Okay. We're getting a fixed fee. Are they also paying like some recurring monthly? Yeah. So it's, it's 5,000 a month. Plus 5,000 per deal. Yeah, essentially. Exactly. Okay. And then, okay. so they get um, all the upside <laughs> after that. So they can okay. go and they can wholesale the deal for a hundred thousand and they can keep right. that. Or they can and if you're doing, as long as you're doing like, I mean, even at least like three to four deals. Mm-hmm. It probably makes sense financially. Yeah. Depending, to, depending on the market, potentially it'd be like one or one two deal. deals. If you're yeah. if you're making like fifty k per deal, uh-huh. um, what's what's like the average wholesaling assignment fee you're getting typically? Um, like on their end? No, sorry, just in your businesses in general. Like, what do you see typically? Like, what's a common wholesaling? Uh, so assignment our, fee? our average tradition has been twenty three and a half thousand. Okay. Um, and our typical that's cost, solid. Our typical cost per deal is thirty five hundred bucks across the U S. 
Um, so you can do a return on ad spend. Oh, on for ad. marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So return on ad spend is usually about seven and a half times. Do you Facebook ads too, or just direct no. mail? We just do. And we do up, direct like mail. SMS. We do SMS. You do cold calling. We don't do cold calling. Okay. Cold calling um, sucks. It does suck. And also too, it's very invasive because you always Super seem to be invasive. calling someone when they're like eating dinner or they're like at their daughter's ballet recital have you done it before we have yeah okay do you just get yelled at all the time yeah or just like you know it's a great way to get blocked and just upset people like at least yeah, with the it's S- ruining people's day yeah yeah at least with the sms which is a cold outreach they can like respond to you when they want to yeah sms i've never like i get texts i i don't feel it's that i don't know it's like email yeah you know like exactly. if you don't want to respond you don't respond yeah but like a phone call and you answer and like sometimes you'll expect maybe you're waiting for a call from like your mom yeah. Or like or something that you don't know the number and then you answer and it's super irritating because yeah, right. you're like, oh, hey. And then it's like, hey, do you want to sell your house? It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I don't exactly. talk- yeah. I thought you were Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so mostly direct mail, SMS follow up. Yeah. And then we do a lot of um, like retargeting ads online. People go to our website. On Facebook. Like so when uh, they visit, well, just through, it'll pixel them. And then- just through Google. We don't do social media stuff anymore. Oh, you just do Google ads. Yeah. Okay. For retargeting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I should have known this. I didn't even know you could retarget through Google ads. Oh yeah. It's sick. Cause you can do it location based too. Um, and that's so dude, that's so perfect for yeah. what you do too. Cause it's mm-hmm. all location based. Yeah. So, yeah. so basically what we do in every market. Um, so we have like our brand. Um, and so we market under our brand with all of our partners. Um, okay. and so it's backyard home buyers is our, our like wholesaling company. Okay. Um, and so we'll set up like backyardhomebuyers.com slash Houston right? okay. or slash, you know, Cincinnati, whatever. Um, and, uh, what you can do is you can set up the Google retargeting so that it only will retarget people that are like within those zip codes that you want. Oh, so if like somebody from, I don't know, New York goes to the Cincinnati website, they're not going to get retargeted. So it'll save your marketing spend. Um, oh, that's, it's pretty that, slick. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Let me go back to, uh, the business partner thing. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. um, cause for me, I have a business partner for the tonic and, uh, and I pretty much, and I have a few other businesses I'm doing and I pretty much like, so in high school, I, my dad started, left his job and started his business. <clears throat> it was a design, uh, like online design agency. It was, they did really good. And he had like a team of five, 10 people. And they were like, they were like on their way to make a million dollars, which at the time I was like, holy shit, like they're going to, you know, I was like 16 or 17. Yeah. And then he, but he had, and he went, had one business partner when they started and him and uh, his business partner got along super well. And then they brought on a third partner mm. and like my dad. So my dad and the third partner could not stand each other. Yeah. So the business basically just fell apart from there. Like mm-hmm. it was just, I, I don't, I didn't see internally, but I just saw it like fall apart. And I remember, um, I remember at one point my dad, like, he was like, never have a business partner, like just do it alone. Right. So I kind of went into like all this business stuff growing, like when I left uh, college and everything, like no business partners. Yeah. And I found, and I just found that like to be the worst <laughs> advice. Like, yeah. I, I found a ton of value in having uh, business partners. Yeah. I think, I think that the biggest thing that most people, especially when they're new, they fail to do is um, get like your proper documents and your agreements in place. Mm. Um, and it's really hard when you're new at business because you don't know what that you don't looks know what like. needs to be there. You know, yeah. but even if it's something basic. So yeah, literally like I think me and Alec have like a document that says we both own 50%. We both signed it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, 
I don't even know if it's like, yeah. Well, and, it, like, and it well, probably has, if it's just like a boilerplate one, like so yeah. the one that Dan and I have stuff like Rocket Lawyer, something yep. fancy. Super basic. Um, but, you know, it does say like, this is how, you know, if you guys decide to sue each other, this is how it's going to be figured <laughs> yeah, out, right? Exactly. All the basic and, stuff. And I always tell everyone, you need to have one of those. doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you're partnering up with your best friend or your, your family brother, member or your, your wife, your spouse, honestly. honestly dude, literally. Because yeah. you never know. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I'm of the same perspective. Like, why not have it? Yeah. There's no downside to having it. Mm-hmm. If everything goes great, it doesn't make it harder for you to do business. Yeah. It's only a safety net. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And and also too, if you're going to bring in a partner yep. to like an existing endeavor, always start a new business. Do not bring them into mm. an existing business where you're now commingling the other assets with this person. Because then it gets confusing. It, well, it gets messy because what yeah. happens if you split? Right. Or like there's a, like, or the, yeah. there's a whole bunch of it different things. It becomes less clear about who gets what. And mm-hmm. especially because yeah, you're like, really well, point. you had in your operating agreement that you're going to split things three ways, but you have $200,000 from before. Yeah. Right. Like how does, so whose is that? Who's is that? You know, yeah. and there, there's a bunch of different things that people don't consider. I agree um, with you. Even a simple, like basic agreement. <clears throat> and what's funny too about business partnership suit is I tried a few before working with Alec, he's in LA, mm-hmm. but we've, we've worked together now for like three or four years on different stuff. And, uh, and I tried several business partnerships before him and I would try it with people I liked. Like I would just choose people that I thought they were like friends and I was like, yeah. they're cool to work with. And it seems like it'd be fun to, and those like did not work out well. And I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but I found that those did not work. And instead what I, what I now look for is people who can do sort of what I can't exactly is the big kicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you want people that have different skill sets. If yep. you're the same person, which most of our friends are the same, are the people, same person. So that's why they're not a great that's business partner choice. Well. Yeah. Yep. So true. Yeah. You want yeah different skill sets. And then you also need to make sure that people have stake in the game. That's another thing where a lot yep. of people shoot themselves in the foot is they're like, Oh, I'll be like the money partner and you can bring, be the work partner or whatever, which that is how we started. We yep. got lucky. A lot of people just try to get in and they get in trouble because Ultimately, the fear of loss, right, is a lot mm-hmm. bigger than like the fear of gain. Uh, sorry, the desire for gain. For sure. Um, and so if people don't have money that they can lose, they're not going to take it as seriously. Yeah. Right. And that's just the nature of it. And that's also a reason that as we started to scale, we did this, started doing this partnership program mm-hmm. because our first iteration of going to these different markets was like first try to do it ourselves and that had challenges. Then we would like find a local partner there. That we'd be like, yeah, we'll like run it and then, you know, you can help us like do it on the ground and then mm-hmm. we'll just like split deals, you know, and you'll make all this money. Why not? Yeah. But, you know, if people don't have anything to lose, then they're like, oh, I couldn't make it because I'm going to my kid's soccer practice. Yeah, I never, I, you're so right. Like I never, I never thought of it that way, but you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Because if you don't have anything, yeah, you need to like put money in mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, well, I got money in it. Or yeah. work, a lot of work in and yeah. then you have some cost fallacy. So it, you're like, shit. Exactly. Right. And yeah. so what would happen over and over again is we would have these things like, okay, we are $15,000 into this market. We have a deal that we could make 40, 50 grand on, but the partner that we have there is prioritizing soccer practice over going and walking the property. Yep. Right. Which yep. people have their own priorities, but I tell you what, if they were- gonna lose ten thousand dollars you wouldn't freaking do that no and so that's what i started that's exactly right when you have when you have skin in the game it's just a totally different thing Mm -hmm. it's super important i think yeah so how so you knew dan yeah from 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 college college. okay so and he was he was your friend like you guys were friends okay um and then it became like he had money you guys connected and it was like yeah maybe let's do this together yeah but he still do you think like 
beyond just the money aspect, is he also like personality wise pretty different from you? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. So, um, you know, he's like a little bit older than me. Okay. So he's in his late 30s. I think he's just turned 38. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm 32. So like we have a slightly different generational uh-huh. um, split there. And a little so, bit of, I think, yeah, mindset, different stuff. And yeah, yeah, it's different. And then our skill set, I very much had like the tech skill set. And okay. he had like the hands-on, like this is how we renovate properties skill set. Ah, okay. Um, and yeah, so that's it, what I would know nothing about. Yeah, so, so it, it was pretty good there. What about like the marketing stuff? Who's more of the... I am. You're the marketing guy? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, so as, as we, you know, we had that sort of split... Okay. There and it worked out pretty good. And then, um, you know, as we went through, we had a very defined sort of set of what our roles and responsibilities were. Okay. And so it made it very easy to not have conflict as we were growing because yeah. we knew exactly where my job stopped and his began. Yeah. Um, and that's so also super important. It's really important to well know, to have clarity around that. Yeah. Otherwise, you kind of have everyone that's kind of trying to do everything and it doesn't work out very well. Yeah. And a lot of times, one person is doing like, all the work, all the, it's like, yeah. it's like every high school assignment, yeah. you know, one person does all the work and yeah. yeah and the other person is just not doing anything yeah. or they like give a little bit of money. They're like, that's my share. And then they're yeah. like, oh man, I've been busy. Yeah. I don't yeah. have time. Yeah. But yeah. yeah to, to, to wrap up the, the partnership thing though, about how important it is to have like yeah. stuff documented. So last year, um, we brought in a third partner. Ah, um, okay. And, and so our, with, as we were starting to launch this partnership program that we were doing, um, we brought in this third partner because they were going to basically run the people side, like the sales okay. team that we need to build for this. They had a yeah. sales background. The part that both of you guys are like. Yeah. That like, yeah. it's not really our jam. It's the gap. And, yeah, it, yeah. and even now I'm still running it. Unfortunately, okay. I'm trying to find someone to come in and manage it. Okay. Um, but we brought him in. And he killed it for like three months. Okay. And then just classic sales guy, shiny object syndrome. Started like doing other stuff. And then all of a sudden he, you know, just like started this podcast on his own. He was doing things, which is fine. You know, people can do whatever they want to do. Um, But the real kicker was when I went to Africa last year, I was gone for a whole month and I got back and Dan was like, bro, I haven't heard from Matt for like the entire time you were gone. I'm like, what do you mean? And how, you were gone for how long? A month? I was gone a month. He's, he's oh, like, he didn't shit. come to any meetings. He wow. didn't post in Slack. Like, he he's didn't do anything. Disappeared. And so, what? you know, because we always had like a standing like owner's meeting and stuff. Okay. And so when we brought him in, we started as a separate entity. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this was like the first day back. Dan tells me this and I was like, okay, so I guess we're firing Matt today. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, yeah, sure. And so we set up like a, a meeting of just like a catch up meeting. Mike's back in town. We get on, and it was super uncomfortable because I'm on right on time. Matt's on right on time. I know I'm about to fire him, but I'm waiting for Dan to get there. And Dan shows up like 15 minutes late. So I'm like having like small talk about my trip. Um, oh, and, but God. then the whole point coming around with the story is we had- And all our, you can think about is like the it, fact that you're about to fire this guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, but because worst. he was an owner, we were able to do it. We were only able to do it cleanly because we had in our operating agreement that at any time- Two of the three members can vote to oust the other person. Okay. Okay. Without them getting like a cut, basically. Well, basically, we we would just, you know, pay them out their third of the cash that was in the account. But you can get rid of them. We can get rid of them. Okay. But it wasn't like had to be a whole thing. Okay. Um, Smart. And and we did that mostly because, you know, Dan and I knew that we would be aligned um, and we'd be able to make that decision. But dude, smart. Yeah. That's why you need it in place if you're going to have a business partner. Yeah. And people just, I think people think that. Oh, this is my buddy. Yeah. Like, it's going to be fine. Well, and that was the thing, too, is like we were buddies with this guy. 
right? right. And it, you know, and now you probably do. You, I mean, do you even talk? To, I, haven't, I haven't talked. How did the firing stuff. go? Uh, was so, it? so basically, I spent ten minutes awkwardly telling him about my really cool trip. And then Dan hopped on. Oh, be oh oh! I misunderstood the first time. So it was you and the guy you're gonna fire. Yeah. Small talking because your Dan was late. Yeah, because oh, I. Oh, that's so much worse. Because well, yeah, <laughs> that's so much worse. <laughs> yeah. So then then Dan hops oh on, and all of a sudden I was like, okay, cool, Dan's here. It's like so, uh, Matt. We made a decision. Um, effective today, we are voting you out of the company. Wow. Um, and was he was he surprised? He I mean, he was very surprised. Which isn't was that funny. It's so like, weird. dude, you missed. I know. Isn't that weird? Like mm-hmm. people can just like not show up and disappear and be like, what, you're firing me? Yeah. I thought we were friends. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. One of these old things, I was like, well, I didn't like sign up to this to have like another job. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's kind of how business goes, man. There's, I know, like uh, I, I'm always happy when I see people be like passive income is mostly a lie. Yeah. Right. Like it's entirely a lie. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless maybe you're like in your seventies yeah, and you have hundreds of properties that are property managed and you don't even think about them or something yeah. and you have a ton of wealth. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, that's passive income. Well, my, my super contrarian view on that is that yeah, I, I, tell me. I always tell people it's easier to make a million dollars than it is to replace a typical salary with passive income. Um, and, okay. And so like, why would you unravel that for me? Well, so this goes back to learning how to create value Right. And learning mm-hmm. how to, um, you know, monetize things or like, you know, create value through assets like real estate. Right. Yeah. You can go and you can do that with relatively limited capital. Um, you can do that with, you know, relatively limited skill set if you learn how to provide value to people. Yep. Okay. And you can make a lot of money very, very quickly yep. versus the amount of capital that you will need to actually invest and like the time that you'll need to do it for to okay. create say $10,000 a month and truly passive income from like rental properties or something similar. That's so true. It's an insane amount of money. That's a really good point. Right? Yeah. Cause if you're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do rental properties and build passive income. It's like, okay, well you're going to make like, well, what's like an average, if you view it that way, the average per month on a rental, what, like 500 bucks, a thousand bucks profit. A thousand dollars would be a lot. So, a five, lot, so right. 500 is pretty solid. Okay. You know, and that's why I see people getting into like that's Airbnb. 20 properties you want to make 10 K, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I didn't reach, um, 10 grand a month in rental income, like passive actual okay. net, net cash flow until I owned 36 properties. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And that, that's, what's so funny about this. Yeah. Like people are like passive income, I'm going to get in the rental thing, but they're not thinking the long-term realistic. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking like, Oh, I own properties. I make money from rent and everything. But like the realistic is like, you want to make 10 K a month. Yeah. You're looking at like 30 to 40 properties. Exactly. Probably. Which, and which that's is no joke. A ton of time and a ton of capital and a ton of yeah. leverage to do that. Yep. Um, and if you don't want to do it through real estate, I mean, you want to make a million dollars through like selling education or selling a product. Yeah. I mean, you can sell things for $5,000, yeah. Right? If you have like a good value add for people and that's just 200 of those. Yeah. Right? That's, that's so true. That's a million bucks. Right so there. what's the like method you typically uh, recommend people to get into real estate investing if they haven't done it before? Cause yeah. you said not wholesaling, right? Yeah. So okay. I'm not, I, I would say not wholesaling if they want to be a real estate investor, they mm-hmm. should do wholesaling if they want to have a real estate business. Right. Okay. It's very different. Okay. Um, whether you want to be like you want to own properties or you want to like be a real estate entrepreneur. Just like in the, in that world. And that's where you make your money versus Versus, I'm building equity and I'm putting a lot of my own money into it. Mm -hmm. And okay. Yeah. So if you, if you want to be that person, you just want to be like an investor. Yeah. um, I always recommend, honestly, you just learn to buy from wholesalers and you do it through networking. Okay. Okay. Right. Or you do it through getting involved in like your local RIAs, your real estate meetups, connect. Yeah. Cause if you just buy and then, um, 
And then just buy and hold. Yes. Like Burr method, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and because you can still buy stuff at discounts and do like the, like the Burr method and yeah. do the value adds that way. And wholesalers take your pain of finding the deals yeah. out of it. Right? Yeah. And they'll, you know, you need to understand that you're never going to get like that incredible unicorn deal doing that way because the wholesaler is going to buy that themselves. Always going to take that cut. Yeah. But that's the trade off, right? Right. You know, is like if you don't want to find your own deals, you're not going to make as much. Yeah. You don't want to be like a full time real estate person. You're not yeah. going to get the same opportunity as someone that is. And that's okay. the nature of it. The people that come kind of like dabble in wholesaling yeah all they do is they just waste a bunch of money and energy and stress on marketing okay trying to compete with the people that are doing it full-time yeah you know so it doesn't make any sense yeah um and i would just tell people don't even bother if you're not going to take it seriously if you're not gonna yeah go yeah. for it yeah even people yeah. that like come and um hop on calls with me to try and get into our coaching and things like that it's one of the first questions i asked i was like are you looking to do this as like your full-time business mm. and if the answer is no i say cool we're not for you go somewhere else yep because you will not be successful with this it's just gonna be yeah it's just yeah. not even worth it because yeah. now do you what if they are going to like do like what if their goal is full-time but they're not like instantly so doing as long as their goal is full-time goal for is sure. full-time so just the goal has to be like yeah eventually i want to do this full-time that's yeah. what i'm aiming for yeah but there's a lot of people that are like oh well you know i work for I don't know, Marriott hotels and I make $200,000 a year. And my wife's a dentist and we're just looking to like buy more properties. Like, well, it's like, just then just go buy properties. So dude, I, uh, I got to ask you about this. Cause it was, um, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I was looking at through your podcast episodes and I didn't listen to the podcast, but I saw it in like the show notes and it said that you had like, there's something with Carol Baskins. Like you, you know what I'm talking. There's something with you, like maybe buying a house. So what? What happened there? Yeah, so, I gotta hear. The so story. That, that was someone that was in our our coaching program. Okay. Um. So he's in uh, Kansas City, and so but how our how our show's structured is on Mondays we do interviews. Okay. Um. So we have interview money, and then on Wednesday we do what's called the Mike and Dan show, which is you know kind of like this, right? Okay. It's kind of bantery, but then we'll do some educational stuff in there, and cool. then on Friday we'll do what's like a, a usually a monologue show, so it'll be yeah. like our Friday focus. Okay. So it'll either be Dan or I talking about something specific, or we just started doing these like um, deal case studies with members of our community. Okay. But we'll get on with them and they'll talk about a deal that they did, and we'll okay. like, walk through it, and that's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, yeah. But uh, we, yeah, one of our guys had a, a house from this lady who um her name was carol baskin right so oh, from, from tiger king like that was her name <laughs> okay and her backstory was like that her ex-husband like got out of jail and like what? came and like assaulted her and she killed him um and i was like are you sure this isn't the real person like the real carol baskin <laughs> but it wasn't no, it was wasn't. Some, some other oh person which is like she had the same story the same story the same what name. the hell and, and that and that's they see here stuff like that i'm like that's how i know that we live in the matrix because there's <laughs> such an extreme thing that there's two versions of that like there's no way <laughs> You know? That's so true. Like you have like the one that has tigers and the one that doesn't have tigers, but they're <laughs> oh God, that, they're it's all wrong. the same shit. You know? That's amazing. Yeah. That, you probably get some crazy stories. Though. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh. We, we could, we could do a whole show just, just on, crazy shit that you've yeah. seen and heard. And yeah, oh, yeah, we, we've had, especially like with the, the way that the off market business works, especially cause we're getting very involved in people's stuff. Okay. I mean, I've been in houses. <laughs> I was in a house where. The 85-year-old la uh, landlord got into a fist fight with, like, the 67-year-old tenant, like, straight Jerry Springer style, like, grabbing hair, like, going no after these old ladies. What? Yeah, we've had that. We had a seller um, get abducted from a closing. Um, by a crackhead who didn't oh want to be kicked off the property. 
Um, he like rolled up on the closing and like dragged the seller out and like the guy disappeared for like two weeks. Um, so he held him. Hostage. Was he okay? Yeah, he's fine, but he wouldn't sell out anymore afterwards. So I don't know what the uh, whole holy was. smokes. Yeah. So, so wow, we, we've had that. Um, you know, we've had to deal with all sorts of crazy situations involving um, you know people on drugs. Yeah, like tenants. We had we had one house. We well, I guess we flipped the seven unit <clears throat> apartment complex, and every single one was like its own insane story. Um, and, and like <laughs> within the complex, within the complex, it's like a sitcom. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was, you know, it's so like for, for like one of them that was super tragic where there was like this, um, this wife and they had like a very abusive husband and there was like seven kids that were padlocked in a room that were like this size. We had to like get CPS involved Holy um, and that was the whole thing. And then like, but like next door to them, we had this lady, she had three different roommates while we were there and all of them died. No. So we're pretty sure she was How like killing old? people. Was she old? She was old. Okay. Like she had these people that would like come in and they're like, oh yeah, so-and-so died. Um, no like, way. You're like killing these people. Like the fact that that's happening. It's like some now. nice old lady making cookies and serial killing. Yeah, like that. giving them like fentanyl. I guess that would something. be, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be like the, the time to do it. Yeah. Like if you, your whole life you're like, man, I want to be a serial killer. Yeah. The time to do it is when you're old. Cause then it's like, oh, he just, he died of natural causes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He drank the tea. And you're and already he, living in this sketchy apartment anyway. Someone's going to bat an eye. We had Dude. that. And then in that unit, we had a guy that his favorite thing to do was to smoke meth. And to bring home hookers, and they would just be like running around all methed up in this area. Like it was terrible property. So we had to deal with that. And then the real kicker was so, like, our whole play with it, we bought it for a super big discount. We just cleaned out all of the trash. Okay. Right. You know, got law involved in all sort of stuff, made it vacant, and then okay. just sold them as is. Okay. On market to people that wanted to like fix up the properties. Yeah. Like other real estate investors. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But the real kicker was we had one lady, um, that we left there and she had a son that lived in one of the units. Okay. Um, and she was kind of like the onsite property manager slash okay. connection for us. And two days before closing, um, we get a call and they're like, yeah, do you know who Rochelle is? Um, or I was like, are you connected with her at all? She's like, yeah, she's a tenant at this property that we own. She's like, Oh, um, well, so she told us that she was the owner and basically long of the story property you own yeah, yeah. so basically oh, long story short God. this was a call from the city and when covid happened <laughs> this woman had um gone to the city and told them that she owned this seven unit complex for like <laughs> struggling youths that were trying to like get back on their feet and then she had her son and like all of her son's friends like <laughs> sign these fake leases and like they went and submitted it to the city and they got this relief from the city. So she was getting rent relief for this property that she didn't own. What? Um, and you know, based and the city off of, just like, they didn't, they didn't verify no, anything. They didn't even see you if she was on title for the property, which takes literally five what? seconds. Yeah. And, and Unreal. We, we figured over the time we'd kind of just the math. She had probably stolen about $90,000 from the government. Damn. Um, and they, they were like, well, you know, we went through all this and I, I like pulled over my car cause I couldn't stop laughing. So it was just so outrageous. And this guy it on the is phone outrageous. was like, 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 was like, oh, like, what do you guys want to do about it? I was like, I'm selling this property in two days. This is not my problem. And even yeah. if I was keeping it, it's still on you guys. And then I just hung up. But wow. But it was funny because like in hindsight, going through that, there were so many red flags for that that we didn't mm. even make sense. Cause so she was like, Oh yeah, it's like I, I cut hair and I do nails and I do all stuff. Mm -hmm. But then like her son, who didn't have a job, drove like a brand new Lexus. 
Right. <laughs> and we were just like, oh, I don't know. It's like people, rolling people in make it. dumb decisions. And then like you would go into like into her, you know, she always had like she had like multiple TVs that wow. were like brand new and like and like kind of like trashy, like I don't know how to deal with money, like sort of stuff. Yeah, just like buying crap. Yeah. Because it's like I got more than I need. Yeah. And and we just didn't even think anything of it until that You're all like, came hmm, together. That's weird. It's kind of weird. And then it all comes together like, ah, <laughs> that's what that was. Yeah. So we've had all sorts of stuff. You know, I got deals. How many, do you know how many deals you've done like total yeah, since you started? Uh, so I think it's got to be a ton. Yeah. As of, as of last week, I think 356. Wow. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been scaling pretty well. It's funny. I, I only know that because, um, I applied for a, a pretty big podcast recently. Um, and, uh, that was like a very important thing they want to know is how many deals you've done. And I've like, I lost track a long time ago. <laughs> Just like, I don't, so you had to figure it out. You yeah. had to go count it. Yeah. yeah. Go. What yeah. podcast was that? Uh, so it's a, um, uh, newer one that's starting up, uh, with, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking right now. That's okay, dude. So is he a real estate investor? Yeah, he's a real estate investor. Okay. Guy. Okay. Yeah. He's starting but, a new podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where's it at? His name. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's on online. Oh, it's um, online. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, that, so, um, yeah, I could have done an online one. Yeah. One? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I could have done an online one, but I just was like, I was like, I want to do it in person. Yeah. And there's enough, I feel like Lisbon, there's enough interesting people too, yeah. who are coming and visiting and it's yeah. kind of on the map for tourists now. So there's yeah. a lot of people coming and checking it out. So just got to keep my radar on like people visiting yeah. and let me know if you ever have any, like yeah. know anybody who's going to come and you're like, Mike. Get them on the podcast. Yeah. That would be helpful too. Yeah. So, but, yeah, dude. But it's a good place, I think, to to have a podcast. Yeah. We'll see. Theoretically. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Don't want to speak too soon. Yeah. But, but, yeah, dude. Okay. So, if people want to learn about you or learn from you with real estate investing, what's your website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Collecting Keys Podcast is my okay. podcast. And so, probably to listen to like your podcast, yeah. get to know you a little bit better. And then on your website, you have like, I think there was like a free guide, wasn't there? Yeah. So we have a stuff. free five-step guide, which basically gives you the super basic foundation to start getting off market leads. And then I don't know, you're planning to release this one, but we're working on um, actually like a 30-day free course um, okay. to get people going from like trying to figure it out to doing your first deal. Oh, that's um, sick. So that in like 30 coming, days, essentially. Yeah. Hell yeah. That should be coming out here in the next probably month or so. Okay. I'm um, guessing this will probably be released like... Probably at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I'll let you know and we'll see if, because I'll put the link in the show notes or whatever cool. if it is. Yeah. yeah we'll figure yeah. It out. But, well, um, but so yeah, we, check out the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram too. I'm okay. like underscore invest. Sweet. That's the easiest way to reach Dude, out to me. Dude, thanks so, for coming. Yeah.